Your Catholic drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Tuesday, December the 14th, the feast day of St. John the Cross. John of the Cross, rather. Hopefully you will not have a dark night of the soul today. Hopefully it'll just be a little easier than that. Praise be to God. Either way, uh, thank God for St. John of the Cross and his incredible insight into spiritual darkness that so many saints have gone through, persevered through. The way to the Calvary is not easy, but it is what our Lord has asked us to do. So let us be, let us be the the uh, the sun today. A uh, little reference to the gospel uh, that actually does what He's told, versus says and never does. Let's just be that little tip there for uh, a little uh, foreshadowing for the gospel that's coming up in a few minutes today. Today we're going to talk about the aftermath of the deadly tornadoes in Kentucky. What we can do to help? What is the need out there? We're going to have a great guest coming on at 35 past the hour, Susan Montalvo-Gesser, who is the director of Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Owensboro, Kentucky, is going to be our guest. So uh, that's coming up at 35 past the hour. kind of gives me flashbacks to Hurricane Harvey here in, in the Houston area. So we're going to see what we can do to help them with what their needs are today. So that's coming up. And then, of course, uh, there are a few stories coming up at 15 past the hour that are of great concern to me, uh, and I'm sure to some of you as well. There is a new study out of uh, Israel that says natural immunity is six times greater than that of the vaccine, and yet Japan is actually putting a label uh, out on their COVID shots to say uh, we have to be careful about certain medical conditions like heart problems in young people as a result to the, to the shots. So we're going to talk a little bit about that coming up at 15 past the hour. And, of course, out in, in Rudy's, California, there is a, a, a new story breaking this morning that they are reimposing statewide indoor mask mandates starting tomorrow. Are you ready for that, Rudy? Good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, I'm wearing my mask right now. If you're, if you're listening on radio, I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> totally wearing a mask. If you're watching us, you know I'm lying. <laughs> Uh, indoors, I mean, and uh, regardless of vaccination status, by the way. Yeah, and you know, frankly, I think people should not should not participate in it. It's See, just crazy. Yeah, it does yeah. nothing. It's uh, bizarre times. And as far as I know, I saw only one report yesterday. The World Health Organization and CDC reported no deaths due to Omicron. Uh, but I think there was one report out of uh, the UK last night that said there was at least one death. So only one yeah. death worldwide so far, as far as I know. So mask up. Uh, so mask up. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Speaking of uh, totally making sense, right? Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. It's good to be here. Praise is it? God. Amen. It? Amen. It is good in to be here. In spite of it all. Despite of it all. Despite mm-hmm. the fact that Alec Baldwin has killed more people than Omicron, uh, it is still good Ouch. to be here. <laughs> that leaves a sting, man. <laughs> no, praise be to God. Oh, and uh, John of the Cross. You know, I was. I used to. I used to be obsessed with John of the Cross when I was younger. Oh, really? And yes, yes. And I was uh, reading his books. And, you know, one thing I noted was that he said, you know, most people, they think that they have the dark night of the soul, 
but they don't. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, look, dude, you're just you're just going through a little spell. You'll get over it. It's no big deal. You wish. Uh, yeah, he's like, most people will never get to the point in their spiritual life that they reach the dark night of the soul. Though many people will experience moments of desolation. That's pretty common. Yeah, there's uh, there's all of us, and then there's the heroic saints. Uh, they're kind of on a level to themselves, and so their dark nights are way more intense than I think our normal little nights are. At any rate, but uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta, I remember uh, fondly li- listening to uh, reading about her own dark night for many, many years. And uh, what an opportunity we have to grow closer to Christ through the sufferings he allows us to enjoy. And I say that in a, with, a, with, a, with a certain a spiritual outlook on that. And of course, the little way, uh, St. Teresa of Lisieux and her little way, just offering up the little things, right? Like... Letting people cut me off in traffic. Just offer that up, Joe. Just offer it up. It'll be fine. Um, I'm not struggling at all. No, not really. All right, we're going to have a great show. We're going to dive into our conversation. Breaking news and stories coming up here in just one moment with Rudy. And then, of course, we have a Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. And then we will do uh, What's Concerning Us. We'll have our guest talking about the aftermath of the tornadoes in Kentucky. In the next hour, we are going to reveal to you the mystery sponsor for this week's Fear and Trembling Prize. I'm looking forward to that, Rudy. Hopefully it's going to be, like, big, huge. Is it? Is it huge? We wanted to keep like, it a secret. You've been teasing us. You know, you've been teasing us. We wanted to keep it a secret, but we're bad at holding secrets in. So, so we're just going to give it away. We're just going to tell you. We're just going to tell you. It's so uh, anticlimactic. <laughs> Can't hold it in any longer. Rudy, okay, radio lesson number one, always tease, 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 okay? <laughs> All right, so uh, don't wait. Next hour, just it's going to be huge. You're going to want to stick around for that. All right, let's pray and let's dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning, friends. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Rudy Carlos here. Let's dive right into your headlines. LifeSite reports, Supreme Court rejects religious liberty challenge to New York vax mandate. The U.S. Supreme Court just rejected an appeal to block New York's COVID-19 vaccine mandate for healthcare workers without religious exemption, with Trump appointed Justices Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett providing the deciding votes by joining the court's liberals. The mandate unanimously approved by the board of the New York State Department of Health applies to those working in hospitals and other healthcare agencies. It's expected to affect more than 450,000 workers for whom no new religious exemptions will be granted and previously obtained religious exemptions will be invalidated. Many religious and or pro-life Americans object to the fact that the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson COVID shots were developed and or tested with the use of fetal cells from aborted babies. The healthcare workers represented by the Thomas More Society argued that the mandate violated federal anti-discrimination laws by refusing to grant any religious exemptions to the order, as well as the, Supreme, the Supremacy Clause of the U.S. Constitution, which holds that the federal laws supersede state laws. If you're interested in this story, we did an interesting interview with Dr. Transankos. You can find it on YouTube where he describes a, a morally licit vaccine that is not available in the U.S., 
And the Epic Times reports more alleged victims testify and prosecution rests in Maxwell trial. The Blaze reports Tibetans chain themselves to Olympic rings to protest Beijing genocide games. Two Tibetans chained themselves to an Olympic rings display outside of the headquarters of the International Olympic Committee in Lausanne, Switzerland on Saturday to protest the 2022 Olympic Winter Games, Reuters reported. Members of the Tibetan Youth Association in Europe and Students for a Free Tibet held a sit-in in the IOC building in Lausanne as officials gathered for a meeting, according to the news agency. By collaborating with China, the IOC is making itself an accomplice of, of the Chinese Communist Party's crimes, which will be sports-washed by the Beijing Olympics. A protester named Tenzing Tokar, who also serves as a campaigns director for the TYAE, told Reuters. The 2022 Olympic Winter Games are scheduled to take place in Beijing, China from February 4th to the 20th. Human rights activists and the victims of Chinese communism have urged the world to boycott the games in protests against China's lost list of human rights atrocities, at the top of which is the genocide of the Uyghur people in East Turkestan. Despite the calls, no country has committed to boycotting the Olympics. The governments of a handful of Western nations recently announced a diplomatic boycott to the games in which politicians do not attend the event. A diplomatic boycott is not a boycott because diplomats do not participate in the Olympics and their absence does not in any way affect the event. Beijing has further dismissed the boycotts as political posturing because China has never invited the nation's officials to attend the games. The Blaze reports, professor who resigned after saying adult sexual attraction to minors is okay blames trans discrimination. Uh-huh. Former prof professor Aylan Walker earlier this year received heavy criticism after saying that the term pedophile ought to be changed to minor attracted people. In the controversial book subtitled uh, Minor Attracted People and Their Pursuit of Dignity, Walker said that the word pedophile perpetuates stigma and that those of that persuasion should be referred to as minor attracted people. He resigned from the university in November following immense backlash from the media and the school community alike, but not before he was placed on an administrative leave. On a late November statement, Walker addressed the criticism and speculated that he believes it's possible he was forced to resign due, his, due to his transgender ideology. According to the statement, Walker's resignation will take effect at the end of his contract, which is set to expire in May 2022. He will remain on administrative leave until such time. But remember, people, the slippery slope does not exist. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Eucundus of Reims, of Reims. Ooh, easy for me to say. He was born in the 5th century. He was an army of barbarians raving parts of Gaul plundered the city of Reims. Nicassius, the bishop, had foretold this calamity to his flock in consequence of a vision and urged them to prepare for the visitation by works of penance. When he saw the enemy at the gates and in the streets, forgetting himself and solicitous only for his spiritual children, he went from door to door, encouraging all to patience and constancy. When the people asked him whether they should yield or fight to the end, he, knowing that the city must fall, replied, Let us abide in the mercy of God and pray for our enemies. I am ready to give myself for my people. Standing at the door of his church and endeavoring to save the lives of some, he exposed himself to the swords of the infidels who cut off his head. St. Florentis, his deacon, and St. Jucundus, his lector, were massacred by his side. His sister, St. Eutorpia, seeing, seeing herself spared in order that hers might be another fate, 
threw herself upon her brother's murderer and kicked and scratched him till she too was cut down and killed. He died in 451 in his and St. Jucundus of Reims, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son said in reply, I will not. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the, of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. By these two sons are to be understood, says St. Chrysostom, that the Gentiles and the Jewish people the latter, our Redeemer, wishes to make sensible of their own great ingratitude and of the ready obedience of the cast-off Gentiles. For they, having never heard the law nor promised obedience, have still shown their submission by their works, whereas the Jews, after promising to obey the voice of God, had neglected the performance. What a choice we have, and what an opportunity we have, too. I think it gives me great hope that in spite of it all, in spite of how the, all the choices that I've made in life, that uh, there is great opportunity, great mercy uh, to come back to the Lord with all of my heart, to beg forgiveness, to receive that mercy, and to do, to spend the rest of my life, however much there may be, in the service of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Ignatius Catholic Commentary said, the parable of the two sons explains the preceding question about John's Baptist, John the Baptist's authority. The sons represent two groups of people. The first are sinners who repent at the preaching of John. The second are Israel's leaders who refuse the Baptist message, even when tax collectors and harlots respond to him. By following John's way of righteousness, the former sinners do the will of the Father. So we have a choice today. However, we've, however we have lived our lives today, we have breath in our lungs. We have an opportunity to choose. Let's choose God. Let's choose to do His will. Let's choose to be obedient. We'll be right back. What's concerning us is coming up next. Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Are the biblical miracles too far-fetched to believe? 
dead people rising, blind people seeing? How can a rational person believe such things? Well, it might seem irrational to believe relative to our general background knowledge, but relative to specific evidence, the obstacle of improbability can be overcome. For example, it's improbable for someone to rise from the dead. But if there were credible eyewitness testimonies, as in the case with Jesus, then belief would be rationally justified. Second, many skeptics often don't consider the improbability of the reported miracle being false. With regard to Jesus' resurrection, it's unreasonable to believe the apostles died for what they knew to be a lie, or that many different people had the same hallucination at the same time on different occasions. So miracles are not too far-fetched to believe if there is sufficient evidence to justify belief. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up, at uh, 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation with the Director of Catholic Charities out of Owensboro, Kentucky, Susan Montalvo-Gesser, about the aftermath of these incredible hurricanes, or rather tornadoes, rather, uh, that have struck uh, Kentucky and Arkansas, uh, taking so many lives, leaving a vast, vast path of damage and destruction. So we're going to have a conversation about what is the status and what we could do to be helpful to those those people. There's some great stories, some heartwarming stories of folks coming in from all over the country to help them, and we want to have a conversation around that. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. There are, as I say, a few stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure to some of you as well. Um, of course, uh, as we said at the beginning of the hour, California is going back to mask mandates indoors, irregardless of vaccination status. And it's an ongoing hot debate within our country and the world around us. There are massive rallies all over Europe and beyond uh, for people who are who are both vaccinated and unvaccinated. There's like a mix. They, it comes down to we do not want to live in a world that is so afraid of its own shadow that we're going to react in crazy ways that lack common sense. And uh, and I think that gives me hope anyway, to see that uh, people from both sides of a debate are coming together for common ground in those in those rallies. Uh, of course, Austria has been and Germany are both are in the process of locking down and uh, unvaccinated people and treating them in a certain way that takes away their freedoms as as human persons. But here is a story out of LifeSite News that I find encouraging as well. When it comes to the vaccination issues that we are facing today, the headline goes like this. Japan adds heart inflammation warning to COVID vaccine label. This, I think, is fascinating because, as I said, I remember going back to 2020 when we were discussing the potential rollout of vaccines with Operation Warp Speed when uh, the former president decided to give billions of taxpayer dollars to the pharmaceutical companies to to go headlong into the wind with all of this. Um, I remember talking about the potential of of issues related to vaccines. And at that time, I said a person should always be able to talk to their doctor about the best course of action. 
Like that should be this, like you should be able to go to your doctor and have a conversation around what are the issues, what are the options, what are the risks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we've not been allowed to have that too much. Many doctors are being prevented. There was one here just down the road from me just about uh, uh, two weeks ago, fired. For, she was removed uh, faculties from the local hospital because she was treating her patients with ivermectin. God forbid, right? She was having conversations with her patients about the issues, and she was uh, relieved of her faculties from the local hospital as a result. I mean, it's it's utterly insane. One can't conversate with their doctor about these types of things. But here's a little bit about this article here out of LifeSite News. It says this. Authorities in Japan have approved a plan to print a list of serious side effects, including myocarditis, on COVID-19 vaccine labels. The decision was made earlier this month by a panel of experts from the Japanese Health Ministry and will apply to labels of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines. The Japanese Health Ministry also requires hospitals to carry out a detailed and strict reporting of any adverse events within 28 days following vaccination. Concerns have been raised in Japan about the risks of myocarditis myocarditis in young men following injection with Pfizer and Moderna mRNA vaccines. And experts there have warned that vaccines pose a seven times higher risk of death than the virus itself for people in their 20s. Japan has also been more transparent about the content of the so-called vaccines that has been typical in other countries so far. Instructions on vaccines with Pfizer, AstraZeneca and Moderna products uh, published on the health ministry's website include a warning that these products could, quote, contain an additive that has never been used in a vaccine before, unquote. Through the Japan, though the Japanese Ministry of Health still encourages citizens to get vaccinated, The country has taken a more nuanced approach to the vaccine question than many Western countries, emphasizing the importance of of informed consent. A paragraph entitled, quote, consent to vaccination, unquote, has been included on the COVID-19 vaccine page of the health ministry's website. Quote, although we encourage all citizens to receive COVID-19 vaccination, it is not compulsory or mandatory. Vaccination will be given only with the consent of the person to be vaccinated after the information provided, unquote, the paragraph states. Now, we'll link to this article over on our social feeds. Uh, Adrian, if you could uh, maybe put that in there, it'd be great. But at any rate, you can read this on LifeSite News. You can search for the Japan ads, heart inflammation warning to COVID-19 vaccine label, and you'll be able to find it there. Here's why I think this is important. Um, if you go to the Open Vares website, this is a, a website that tracks all of the information coming in from hospitals and doctors and reporting agencies all over the world about injuries related to vaccines. Now, this is a legit site. It's not a political site. There's no opinion here. It's just reporting information only. And uh, if you go scroll down, as I am doing now, and there's a section on myocarditis, and there's 16,918 cases worldwide, apparently, because I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, filtering for the U.S. right now. And I click on that, and what I see is, uh, what I can see clearly is, number one, the age group of 12 to 32 is a massive chunk of all the people suffering with this issue related to the vaccines. 
12 to 32. That's the young people. That's the same category of people who are the least likely to be seriously affected by the infection in general. And then the, another chart tells me on this same page that the, uh, that the Pfizer in particular has an overwhelming report on this issue of myocarditis. So now let me ask you this question. Have you seen the videos that are going around the Internet of young athletes in fantastic physical condition dropping, just dropping out of nowhere? Soccer players and football players, teenagers and marathon runners. I mean, just there's just video all over the Internet. There's reports everywhere of young people suffering heart conditions out of nowhere. This is a very concerning issue that we would have. And it goes back to what I said a minute ago. You should be able to go to your doctor and have a conversation because the vaccines aren't one size fits all. There are issues that certain people on planet Earth are going to have, whether they're genetic or they're uh, comorbidities like diabetes, obesity. I mean, there's just all kinds of issues. And you're going to want to have a conversation around that to figure out what might be the best course of action. And that's a conversation between you and your doctor. And yet right now, you can't go on Instagram, for instance, and post something that with a hashtag of natural immunity. It's not allowed to have a conversation about that. Those conversations are censored on social media, even though we're seeing these cases all over the world of young people in the prime of their life with a great health are having heart-related issues. And the data on the VIRS website is quite significant, I would say. All this, and you're seeing stories out like right now, breaking. Supreme Court rejects religious liberty challenge to New York vax mandate. The one-size-fits-all approach is being crammed on the throats of millions of people in our country alone, let alone the rest of the world. And yet how many people might fall into the category, not just from a religious exemption, like I have a problem with vaccines tainted with abortion cells. I'm sorry, but I want nothing, nothing to do with the Holocaust of innocent children. No, I'm sorry, nothing. I don't want anything to do with that. And so there is religious exemption issues, which according to the Supreme Court, they're not even going to listen to the challenges, the begging pleas of the citizens of New York. Uh, but what about uh, the issues of, um, of just natural immunity? There's a, na- a new report out, out of Israel right now. Uh, here's an article out of the Epic Times. Natural immunity more protective over time than COVID-19 vaccination. This is the second study to come out of Israel in the last couple of months. And it's saying basically you have six six times better natural immunity than you do with a COVID shot. It's not rejecting the COVID shot. It's not saying you're not going to get any benefit from that. It's just saying in comparing the two, someone who's been infected, had natural immunity, you've got great immunity. And you should be happy about that. Well, not in our country because we are told one size fits all. Everybody has to get the vaccine. Well, GOP Senator Marshall is trying to put a bill through. And I think this is one of two bills, if I'm not mistaken right now where he is trying to force the government, the agencies, to consider natural immunity in their policymaking. And this would be fantastic if this is the case. Because once again, you ought to be having a conversation with your doctor about what your conditions are and the side effects to these vaccines that could cause major problems for you, for your children, or your family members, your loved ones. It shouldn't just be crammed down your throat and one-size-fits-all 
Everybody has to have it or nobody gets it at all. This is a major problem in our country. We should be able to have fair and honest conversation. And by the way, you can read the studies out of Israel if you want to read them in your, especially if you're science prone and you love science jargon. Well, they are posted up. Uh, Epic Times always links to them when in their reporting, and you can certainly get to them there. The, the, the headline in the Epic Times article that I'm looking at says natural immunity more protective over time than COVID-19 vaccination study. And you can see that there. So this is very concerning to me and to many of us that are having issues with this uh, dystopian outlook of using this jab to control people's. I mean, just go back to those massive rallies happening right now in Europe and, uh, and abroad. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming together from all political perspectives, some people vaccinated, some people not, all coming together because they don't want to live in a world where people are locked up and locked down if they don't go along with the agenda. Even though they may fall into a category where their health will be at greater risk than those uh, who uh, might just get the shot and be fine. Whereas there's still that category of people who are not wanting to participate in any medication whatsoever that had anything to do with, with abortion and the fetal cells. And to include, for instance, uh, the argument comes up, well, what about things like aspirin and other things? Listen, if you send me a report that says, uh, that my cell phone ha- used abortifetal t- tissue. I'm going to get rid of my cell phone because I don't want anything to do with that. Do, do you get that? Do you understand? Just because we did not know before does not make it right now. And when we learn new things, we adapt and we, we make decisions based on that information. So we live in a world where information is not allowed to flow freely. We live in a world where we're not allowed to have certain conversations, even with our own doctors. And I think it's important for us as Catholics to take this opportunity to decide for ourselves, where do we stand in all of this? How are we going to live our lives? What decisions are we going to make so that we will have peace when those conflicts come? Let us not just go along blindly and mindlessly. Let us be men and women of faith. Act accordingly and do the will of the Father. We'll be right back. We're going to have a great conversation around Kentucky. It's coming up next. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Rudy Carlos, and here's your headline news. AP reports insurer agrees to $800 million settlement in Boy Scouts bankruptcy. Attorneys in the Boy Scouts of America bankruptcy case have reached a tentative settlement under which one of the organization's largest insurers would contribute $800 million to a fund for victims of child sexual sexual abuse. The agreement announced Monday calls for Century Indemnity Corporation and affiliated companies to contribute $800 million into the fund in return for for being released from further liability for abuse claims. The payment would bring the amount of money in the proposed trust to more than $2.6 billion, which would be the largest sexual abuse settlement in U.S. history. The settlement comes as more than 82,000 sexual abuse claimants face a December 28th deadline to vote on a previously announced Boy Scouts reorganization plan. And The Hill reports Biden to travel to survey Kentucky damage on Wednesday, today. Blaze reports California orders indoor mask mandate over Omicron spike, regardless of vaccination status. California announced the reinstitution of an indoor mask mandate over a rise in Omicron variant cases of the coronavirus. The mandate would apply to everyone, regardless of their vaccination status. The mandate will commence on Wednesday, said health officials, and will remain in place until at least January 15th. The California Health and Human Services Secretary, Dr. Mark Gailey, said that there has been a 47% rise in coronavirus cases since Thanksgiving, with statewide cases going from 9.5 in every 100,000 people to 14 in every 100,000. We know people are tired and hungry for normalcy. Frankly, I am too, Gailey said. That said, this is a critical time where we have a tool that we know has worked and can work. The state is also increasing social distancing restrictions for those who travel to California and for unvaccinated people who attend indoor events hosting more than a thousand individuals. And he continues to say, we know that there's going to be people who don't necessarily agree with this, who are tired, who aren't going to mask, Gailey concluded. We hope that those and those people are few and far in between, that most people see the purpose of doing this over the next month as something to protect them and their communities during a very tough time. Epic Times reports Manchin restates opposition to Biden's spending bill over concerns of inflation. Senator Joe Manchin has doubled down on his concern that the President Joe, that President Joe Biden's $1.8 trillion Build Back Better Act, I'm calling it the Triple B Act, will worsen already skyrocketing inflation, signaling that the senator is still on the fence about the House passed spending plan. In recent months, the senator has been the only thing standing between Democrats and the passage of their massive spending bill. Now Manchin has indicated that he's still unwilling to support the, the bill as inflation continues to increase. Manchin has in the past warned that too much spending or too much inflation could hurt existing social programs such as Social Security, Medicare, and others, or it could hurt the United States' ability to respond to global or national threats from adversaries. Speaking to reporters, uh, reporters on December 13th, Manchin indicated that Russia's recent military buildup along the Ukraine border is weighing heavily on his mind as he considers whether to vote for the legislation. He says, Inflation is real. It's not transitory. It's alarming. It's going up, not down. And I think that should be something we're concerned about, along with the geopolitical fallout, Manchin said. No Republican has supported the Triple B Act, leaving 
Democrats reliant on Mansion and Cinema's critical votes. Originally, Democrats hoped to have the legislation passed by the end of September, but after weeks of negotiations, moderates in both chambers of Congress were still opposed. The bill's eventual passage through the House was a hard-won victory for Biden and his allies, but the bill could still yet be shot down by the Senate. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Susan Montalvo-Gesser, who is the director of Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Owensboro, Kentucky. Good morning to you, Susan. Good morning. Well, praise be to God. We're glad for your time today. Um, we were very sad to see the, the incredible destruction that uh, ripped through your community in, the, in, in Kentucky. Can you tell us about uh, uh, what—give us, us the story. What happened? Um, well, yeah. uh, thank you so much for having me on. Um, yes, we had a really strange weather event Friday night into Saturday morning. Um, we, it's not uh, obviously not normal to have a 223 miles of tornado on the ground. And we had 200 miles of tornado of that tornado of those tornadoes in our diocese. Oh, so wow. it was um, just a catastrophic um, event. We're no stranger to tornadoes. We get tornadoes, and sometimes we get tornadoes in the wintertime. That's not so abnormal, but to have one that stayed on the ground that long, it felt a whole lot more like a hurricane, which is something we don't see here, mm. than, than, a, than a tornado of it. So um, it really destroyed many communities across our diocese, and we are still looking for to hoping and looking to find people alive. Um, not through rescue and recovery efforts yet, um, but starting um, to try to have neighbors help neighbors. And that's what we're helping our parishes do across our diocese. Now, this was an F5, if I'm not mistaken? Well, it was different at different parts. Um, at some points, it was an F4, F5. Some points, it was an F3. Um, and then it ended, obviously, as, as an EF1. Um, this, the tornado that struck Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is Warren County, was not the same tornado. It was actually a different tornado, and that one was an EF3. Wow. Now, where, where I live, you know, we, we, you, we don't really get tornadoes. We do, but not really. They're more like dirt devils, you know, that kind of thing. Dust devils. But uh, I've driven through the south, and I've often been caught off guard seeing, like, uh, shelters built on properties they'll have them out in the yard or something like little you know underground bunkers that people can run to is kentucky like that do you have do the people there have these type of shelters put in place for this very occasion not usually i mean we don't get tornadoes tornadoes as much as say a place like oklahoma or kansas but we do get um we do have them every once in a while so uh, there are many houses that have basements um, and a few people might have a storm cellar, but it's not, um, it's not like more than, it's not like a, a majority of the population would have a storm cellar. And so what's been the destruction then? What like, uh, I've seen the, some of the footage, it seems pretty, pretty horrific. 200 plus miles is so, uh, so crazy of an idea. Uh, what does it look like there? Is it a total war zone? <gasps> It, it is in certain parts. So, you know, it was over a thousand homes that were destroyed, um, thousands of people displaced, but just the, um, 
it does look like a war zone. Like it was like everything was just torn up. We went to um, one of the, the most affected places is Mayfield, Kentucky. We had uh, we went to we went to mass with the survivors of St. Joseph's um, Parish in Mayfield. We couldn't have mass in their parish, but a neighboring parish allowed us to to have mass there. And St. Joseph's Parish, when we went to to it, it was on the edge of what I call the war zone. And mm. looking across, it, you normally see trees and houses and buildings, and there was nothing but debris. And it was hard. It's just hard to look at the the, the pictures and the videos that you see on TV don't capture the devastation um, and just the barrenness that that lays there at this point. Uh, now, naturally, after you know massive events like this, there tends to be a lot of fallout, you know, with power companies and all kinds of other things like the water. Um, what's the situation currently, and and do you know of of any sort of recovery efforts that are taking place at the moment? Lots of recovery is uh, trying to take place at this point, but um, it does present um, a big problem across the area that was affected that many are without power and will be without power for some time. Um, Graves County, um, where Mayfield is, they, they, they will likely be without power for um, it, probably at least a month and without water without running water for 60 days wow um so there's no i mean there's you can't there's no way to use the restroom um and a lot of the a lot of the affected areas a lot of people even the people whose homes weren't destroyed are without electricity and that's one of the dangers of having a tornado in the winter the day that the tornado hit we had temperatures in the 70s you know it, it felt like a summer day um in, in that type of weather, you don't need heat, but now it's really cold outside and people don't have heat. So that's a real problem. We've staged areas and I know the Red Cross and other aid agencies have staged areas um, close to all of the affected areas where we're giving out um, blankets and food and all types of things. St. Joseph's Church in Mayfield that I mentioned, even though they don't have a usable um, church building, um, and no electricity became a staging area and they're storing things in there. The only building that they have that didn't um, have significant damage to give out necessary goods to the population. Um, we have a great church and Christ the King in Madisonville that has is sort of our hub to get things to people in Dawson Springs um, and Princeton and Arlington and some of the smaller towns that were affected in that area. And then we have a, a two wonderful um, parishes in Bowling Green, Kentucky that are doing great work. So there's a huge relief effort out there, but um, the beginning of it is really just the beginning. The long-term is really what we're gonna have to face um, in rebuilding and, and making that um, better for the people. Hold that thought. Susan Montalvo Gesser is our guest. She is the director of Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Owensboro, Kentucky. We're talking about the aftermath of these tornadoes. When we come back, we're going to ask her about what we can do to help. All of that and more is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. 
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, since every religion claims to be true, well, then none of them are true? Even though this is not a very intelligent comment, it does not prevent people from saying it. G.K. Chesterton says probably one of the creeds is right and the others are wrong. Logically, most of the views must be wrong. But there's nothing logical to the idea that all must be wrong. Think about betting on a horse. Many people bet on the wrong horse, but some bet on the right horse. And sometimes even the favorite has been known to come in first. But that's the point. Something comes in first. The fact that there are many beliefs does not destroy the fact that there is one well-founded belief. So don't say that the variety of beliefs prevents you from accepting any beliefs. It's not logical. And it's not a very good way to bet, either. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Susan Montalvo Gesser is our guest. She is the Director of Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Owensboro, Kentucky. We've been talking about the aftermath of these massive and devastating tornadoes that have rocked this community 200 plus miles, uh, I think a mile wide, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, welcome back to the program, Susan. Um, How many uh, what's the uh, casualty count? I hate to ask this question, but what is the casualty count? Um, the latest count, I think, was 67, but we still have people missing. So we don't know how much that will, will go up. Um, we're praying that it doesn't go up from there. But um, mm. it, the, our governor said that it, it looks like, in the very beginning, he said it will, we may have 100 dead um, from this the that's pretty horrible. Uh, we're going to keep them in uh, the repose of those souls in our prayers, of course, especially as we prepare to uh, celebrate Christmas. It's uh, such a shocking thing to, to have right before the, the celebration of Christmas. Um, now, we went through a massive uh, hurricane just a few years ago here in our area, and people came from all over the country. In fact, uh, it was a couple from Tennessee that came to rescue my family by boat. Uh, which was a pretty a touching thing to think that perfect strangers that I didn't know would come to help us out. So what is that like from your perspective? Uh, how, who are the people coming to help? What are the things that they are doing? Well, we have um, people reaching out from all over the country to come and help. Right now, we can't put that many volunteers on the ground just because the emergency crews are still out and it's, uh, there's still a lot of debris everywhere. But uh, the Knights of Columbus have come out with the chainsaws, and you know they're they're trying to to take off the tree limbs of people's homes and and get things cleaned up. The utility crews have, have all been out because a lot of the um, the the places in the areas affected, who are utilities, police, emergency management, those places were flattened. So a lot of the those crews have had to come from outside of the area to do to do work. 
Um, but in the response has just been phenomenal from all over the country and even Mexico uh, calling to check on our, our diocese here. And the Holy Father actually sent a letter to our bishop, um, which he read to um, some of the survivors on Sunday during mass. Wow. And it's been it's been unbelievable. The, the just the pouring out of love and help from everybody. So what do you need? What can people do to be helpful? Well, thank you for asking that. Um, we do have a lot of people who want to volunteer things. Um, and I understand that. Um, I understand that impetus. So um, right now we can't use the things as much as we can use the liquidity and the money to take care of people's immediate needs. Um, some of our staging areas have lists of things that they can still accept that are our things. Um, but that that's usually small, a small list because um, the needs change from day to day, which is why it's important to have some liquidity. So um, we have set up um, donations through our diocese to help with our relief efforts and um, to help our, our churches respond. So um, anybody can donate to this effort by sending a check to um, Catholic Charities at the Diocese of Owensboro. The address is 600 Locust Street, Owensboro, Kentucky, 42301. They just need to write the check out to the Diocese of Owensboro and put in the memo line tornado disaster relief. Um, it's also easy to donate online. You can visit owensboro.diocese.org and uh, right there at the um, homepage, there is a, a button to donate and it's automatically checked for do donate, to donate to disaster relief. Um, or if people have trouble um, sending a check or donating online, they can always give us a call um, at 270-683-1545, extension 376, and Jessica Johnson can take their credit card donation over the phone. So those are three easy ways to donate. Um, and if you really want to donate stuff and call into the diocese, we can give you a list of items that are needed in particular places. I imagine uh, that uh, items could include things like uh, diapers, for instance. I know that was a big thing uh, when uh, we had our massive hurricane and the whole city flooded. Uh, diapers and uh, and wet wipes and, of course, uh, food and water were big items, but uh, 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 other things like uh, masks and gloves to do the to do the cleanup were huge items. And of course, dehumidifiers because. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure water mains busted and flooded and, and all kinds of chaos ensued. But I want to ask you about uh, we I want to we'll give out the, the website for donations again towards the end of our interview here in just a few moments. But I want to ask about those that might have been more impacted than others. Things like uh, the elderly. Uh, how did they fare? Nursing homes, hospitals. Uh, were they tragically impacted by this? We did have. Um there was a nursing home that was was hit, but it did not. Um, they, we didn't have any fatalities from from that. Thankfully. Praise God. Yes, no, no. But um, we had um, that a lot of the marginalized communities are still having um, problems getting to uh, to relief and to shelters. So um, we have a lot of people who's English who, who's. English is their second language, and they are not in communication is 
is not the best anyway at this time because of cell service being down and cell towers being um, down. So um, it's that's been a real difficult thing is having to get to people door to door to inform them in their native tongue of where help is. So that's been um, that's been a real issue. Um, the fatalities range from ages of uh, of, of an infant to an 86 year old. So the tornado did not discriminate um, age wise. Um, we are having, we are, are starting to see people having issues, um, especially people who are dealing with um, illnesses like diabetes and long-term illnesses um, to where active tornado, they cannot eat properly. They can't um, do the things to manage their, um, manage their health. So. We are seeing a spike in people having to go to the hospital for secondary um, effects of the tornado. What kind of res what kind of uh, lead time did you have, or did the community have between knowing the her the tornadoes were on the ground and you know shelter in place? What was that lead time like? Um, for most places, it was about fifteen minutes. Um, which isn't a lot of time, um, but the people in the, the northern part of um, the affected area got a, got a little bit more time because we could see what was going on mm -hmm. um, in the southwest. Now, one of the issues is, is at least in Bowling Green and, and, and uh, when it did get to the northern um, part of western Kentucky, um, that happened in the middle of the night. So um, a lot of people were asleep or, um, or, you know, or not watching TV to get the, the news at that time. Um, a lot of the weather radios failed to work, um, mm. although the sirens did go off in just about in every community. Um, so people did have a little bit of lead time and that really helped save some lives. Um, it's just that we don't, I mean, some of those structures, even the structures that were made of steel and concrete that people thought would withhold the power of a tornado were still wiped out. It doesn't it. Uh, it I don't know. I, the hurricanes that I've lived through, it never ceases to amaze me how awesome nature can be. You know, uh, these storms, I mean, um, mm. they're they can be overwhelming and they can make us feel somewhat fragile. Uh, or at the very least, remind us that uh, we we don't have tomorrow, but we do have this very moment, and we ought to be living in a state of grace and be grateful for the gift of life that we have been given and not to waste or squander it because it can be fleeting, right? Um, we have a couple of minutes left with you, Susan. Uh, give me an estimate what you think recovery looks like. How much time do you think before you, uh, these folks are back to something that feels more normal? Oh, I'd say normal, like a new normal is what they're gonna get. It's not gonna be anything like the old normal. Um, and it will probably be six months until you know, we, we get a good rebuild on. Um, I mean, we're looking at people being without water and sewage and electricity for over a month. So um, normalcy is, you know, somewhat of a, of a time away. But I think with everybody's help, we are going to get back and get back better. Um, at, one of the things that the, the priest homily on Gaudate Sunday, um, which was weird, having rejoice right after um, this horrific event, 
was that is, is that we do rejoice in these instances and it, it happened to fall on our lady's guadalupe day and and having the story retold of of our lady um coming to a barren mountaintop and making beauty of roses in a place that didn't grow roses and it's similar to this event and that um faith the faith of millions of people was changed by our lady appearing on on that mountain with saint juan diego and through our actions and responding to this tornado event and seeing the people who still don't have electricity go out to help their neighbors um seeing that faith and that love i think could be another miracle and could convert hearts and and return people to the love of jesus and the love of favor amen we're well we're out of time give us the website one more time where people might uh, be able to donate or call to get uh the list okay so it's owensboro diocese.org is where you can go to donate and the number is 270-683-1545 all right praise be to god susan montalvo gasser director of catholic charities and diocese of owensboro kentucky thank you for your time today we're definitely praying for your community thank you all right god love you god bless you that is going to do it for the first hour of catholic drive time Please do keep the repose of the souls of all those lost as well as those recovering in your prayers today. But uh, if you can join us in the second hour, we'd love to have you hang out with us online if you can. You can always uh, watch us live or check out one of the live video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey, and more. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT where you can get all the information you need about the upcoming game show and we reveal the prize sponsor in the next hour as well stick around thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time again that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time be sure to share more than just us today share jesus with everyone you meet bye now and god love you friend asked me why Catholics have crucifixes in our churches. Don't we believe Jesus is risen? Why do we keep him on the cross? Well, first of all, you want to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified. Why does Paul preach Christ crucified? Doesn't he know Jesus has been raised from the dead? Well, of course he does. But he knows that it is through the power of the crucified Christ on the cross that the bonds of sin and death are broken. As he says in verse 24, Christ crucified is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Again, didn't Paul know that Jesus had risen from the dead? Well, of course he did. Paul preaches Christ crucified because an empty cross has no power. 
The cross that bears the beaten, battered, and bloodied body of Jesus Christ, however, that cross is the power of God. So we keep Jesus on the cross because we, too, preach Christ crucified. And the crucifix reminds us not only of God's power, but also his love for us, giving his only begotten son up for death and suffering. Also, here in this life, we do not share so much in the glory of the resurrection as we do in the suffering of Jesus on the cross. After all, we must take up our cross daily if we are to follow Jesus, as it says in Luke 9, verse 23. And we must die with Christ in order to live with him, as Romans 6, 8 tells us. Where did Christ die? On the cross. One other passage to keep in mind is Galatians 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Did you catch that? Jesus was publicly portrayed before their eyes as being crucified. Sounds kind of like they may have been looking at a crucifix, doesn't it? A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Tuesday, December the 14th, feast day of St. John of the Cross. We just wrapped up a great conversation uh, with the Director of Catholic Charities out of Owensboro, Kentucky, uh, getting the latest information on the damage as a result of those tornadoes. 200 plus miles. That is mind-blowing to me. To this day, you could go to Birmingham, Alabama, drive around, and you can see these scars of the last massive tornado they had several years ago uh, that took many, many lives. I mean, it's still there. This this 200-plus mile uh, scar in the earth is going to be there for a very long time. Um, At any rate, uh, so great conversation last hour. Uh, Plus, we caught up on the latest news and more. So uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. That's kind of what I want to get to. Make sure you're a subscriber to our podcast, which you can find linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, listeners. So you are going to be revealing the great mystery of the prize sponsor for this week's Fear and Tribbling Game Show. You're going to want to stick around for this one. It's big. It's huge. It's huge. It's just, I can't. One of the greatest, one of the really? greatest sponsors I we... personally have ever seen. Are you, are you... <laughs> well, that's a... That's a short list, Rudy. You haven't been around that long. I'll give you a little hint, people. All right, a little hint. I, okay. I, I happen mm-hmm. to be have an artistic background. You this do? guy is an artist. Huge? It's huge. huge. Okay. Huge. He's going to paint the entire house in mural form. He's going to fly <laughs> to someone's house and paint their whole house in religious murals. Yeah, he's going to. Could you imagine if that were true? That's not true, by the way. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> that would be super cool. I would play just so I could win that if that were the case. I'd rather have Adrian do my lawn work. Oh, you would? Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't realize that was, like, such an attractive option. Uh, we can put that on the table, though. 
if that, help, if that helps people. <laughs> yeah, fly us out. We'll do it. <laughs> Adrian, do, have you ever mowed a lawn? I'm just curious. I've ever mowed a lawn? Do you mow lawns? Do you know how to mow a lawn? Do Not I mow other people's lawns? No. Do, have I ever mowed you know a lawn? Mow a yes. Lawn. Okay. Um, Speaking of mowing lawns, Adrian Fonseca's here on the ones and dudes. Where has this conversation gone? <laughs> do you know how to edge? I'm just do curious. I know how to edge? Just curious. Yeah, um, with the edger? weed eater, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm you, just starting I don't know, to look really good. I don't know how to do bushes, though. So hopefully, Darn it. Hopefully we don't have any bushes. Ugh. But I'll, I'll do Rudy's lawn anytime, uh, as long as he's living in that apartment. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, okay. At any rate, well, praise be to God. Oh, no, praise be to God. It reminds me of uh, my friend uh, 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 Richard Rainout in San Antonio. He once offered that to mow someone's lawn for a donation. Someone donated, and he had to go mow the lawn. <laughs> so <laughs> we better be careful what we what we mention, because then we'll be beholden to it. At any rate, we're going to have a great hour this hour. We have coming up for you a piece of good news. Praise be to Jesus. In a world of negativity, we always like to inject some brightness into the into your day that's coming up in a moment we have a saint of the day gospel of the day have a little bit of a reflection for you and then of course we play our game fear and trembling where you might get to win some very cool prizes which will be announced to you shortly and then in the second half of this hour for those of you hanging out with us on our live video feeds we chat with you in what we call the after show where you get to drive the conversation and talk about whatever you want to talk about. You get to decide. And uh, that will be in the second half on the live video feed, which is all linked up on our website. You can watch it live there. Plus, you can go to Facebook, Twitter, uh, Odyssey, and other places. I cross-posted to Gab and Parler, and and I think I even posted on MeWe today. So at any rate, uh, go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get the links. Let's pray. Let's dive in. But let's keep the repose of those lives lost in Kentucky and in Arkansas and beyond uh, and for the recovery of that community. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for today. Epic Times reports 14-year-old runner pushes her big brother in wheelchair so they can race together. Unwilling to see her brother relegated to the sidelines in his wheelchair, a high school cross-country runner takes part in school races, pushing him around the course. The pair are not officially recognized as legitimate competitors, but that doesn't stop them from crossing the finishing line as winners every time. Teens Jeffrey and Susan Bergman are both freshmen at Chippeway Falls High School, Wisconsin, the same school that their parents attended. Recently, 14-year-old Susan crossed the finishing line, I keep wanting to say fishing line, (laughs) of the 5K Big Rivers Conference uh, Championships meet in AHW, oh, sorry, (laughs) Eau Claire, with their 15-year-old brother in just 31 minutes. It's the last race of the season and their personal best finishing time. They are truly just great kids, mom Jess Bergerman told the Epic Times. They run their race and at the same time remind us that life isn't about winning, what matters most is love. Amen. 
Jess, who works as a patient care associate in critical care for the Eau Claire Mayo Clinic Health Systems Hospital, said that the siblings had a great time running this year and were met with much support and kindness from the fans and spectators who were all inspired by what the pair were doing together. Susan and Jeffrey are attending, uh, attracting big media attention, yet despite the fact that they train with their cohort and represent their school, the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association has ruled that they may not compete in an official capacity. The siblings' race times are neither logged nor counted against their fellow runners. Jeffrey was born healthy, but a sudden cardiac arrest at 22 months that deprived his brain of oxygen for 20 minutes caused several debilitating lifelong conditions, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, and dysautonomia. He can no longer walk or speak, but communicates through intentional head nodding and a special computer-controlled eye gaze movement device. He also has a service dog named Thor. Jeffrey has learning challenges and requires support at school, just told the Epic Times. However, he is able to understand much of what is said to him, responds to questions, and is able to express his likes, dislikes, and feelings. The proud mom said it's really special to see Jeffrey find something that he loves that can also inspire others. Uh, by running with her brother, Susan is out there living up to the values of caring, compassion, and cooperation her family has tried to instill in her. I helped her with the training, and she learned how to push the chair safely while running, Jess explained. She and Jeffrey ran their first 5K together in 2016 when they were only nine years old. Alongside the third sibling, nine-year-old Samuel adopted from Ethiopia, Jess claims her kids are the best of friends. Jeffrey and Susan are only a year apart and have always been inseparable. When Jeffrey acquired his disabilities, Susan took on a watchful, protective role. Anytime Jeffrey has had surgeries or illnesses that have landed him in the hospital, and there have been many, said Jess, Susan has always been his biggest support warrior. Even though they aren't in the same classes at school, Susan always stops by Jeffrey's special classroom to check in on him and see how his day is going. Jeffrey, in turn, takes his role as big brother very seriously by being Susan's confidant and by making her laugh constantly. Jess hopes that her family's story inspires other people to do more good. Simply extending kindness and compassion to one another is what makes this world a better place for all of us to live and enjoy together, she said. And I'll add the conversion to the one holy Catholic apostolic church also helps in that. Well, the primary help is that. <laughs> and that's your good news story for today. God love you. There we go. The saint of the day is Saint Jucundus of Reims. He was born in the 5th century. An army of barbarians ravaging part of Gaul plundered the city of Reims. Nicasius, the bishop, had foretold the calamity to his flock in consequence of a vision and urged them to prepare and urged them to prepare for the visitation of uh, prepare for the visitation by works of penance. When he saw the enemy at the gate, when he saw the enemy at the gates and the streets, forgetting himself and solicitous only for his spiritual children, he went from door to door, encouraging all to patience and constancy. When the people asked him whether they were they should yield or fight to the end, he, knowing that the city must fall, replied, Let us abide the mercy of God and pray for our enemies. I am ready to give myself for my people. Standing at the door of the church is in, in endeavoring to save lives of some, he exposed himself to the swords of the infidels who cut off his head. St. Floretius, his deacon, and St. Jucundus, his lector, were massacred by his side. His sister, St. Eut Eutropia, seeing herself spared in order that hers might be another fate, 
threw herself upon her brother's murderer and kicked and scratched him till she too was cut down and killed. He died in 451. Saint Jucundus of Reims, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son said in reply, I will not. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. And Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The last hour we looked at St. Chrysostom and the Ignatius Catholic Commentary and how uh, the early church fathers saw this parable as uh, the Gentiles versus the Israelites, let alone just sinners versus the righteous. But the Gentiles being that older son uh, who actually goes eventually and does the will of the Father. Well, I was looking at Origen this morning, and Origen said, Whence we may gather, that is, in this parable, the Lord spoke to such as promised little or nothing, but in their works shine forth, and against those who promise great things, but do not but do none of these things that they have promised. And it kind of reminded me, close quote, by the way, of or, uh, origin there. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the little way of St. Therese and how you and I have opportunities every single day with the little things to offer them up, let alone the great big things, right? Let alone doing heroically incredible, virtuous, uh, amazing things. But it's the little things as well. It also kind of reminded me of Rab- Rabonus, here, who says, yet the kingdom of God may be understood of the Gentiles or of the present church in which the Gentiles go before the Jews because they were more ready to believe, unquote, Rabanus. Now, this reminds me of converts into the church and how many of us converts who come into the Catholic faith come with great zeal as compared to Cradle Catholics, or at least most of Cradle Catholics, not all, of course, there are exceptions, but uh, most Cradle Catholics don't possess as much zeal as those converts do. Because when we find that treasure hidden in a field, we go and sell everything to buy the field. It can be different if you've inherited the field, right? So maybe we ought to act like these great converts. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a number of things. One, I want to defend uh, the the cradle Catholics. For oh, a we're second. out of time. Sorry, yeah, gotta you know, go. Cradle Catholics. Uh, it's better to have uh, been born into the church. Uh, praise be to God for that. But yeah, so the uh, the in in regards to the sons, Saint. Uh, not, I always say Saint Cornelius Lapide. He talks about how the first son. He said, first of all, he says, "Hold on a second. Christ pretty much explains this, so you don't really need that much explanation. He tells you pretty much exactly what he means here. Uh, But then at the same time, he says, um, 
he says that the first son is representative of the of the heathens, the pagans, those who were have who have never heard God and reject God. Those those who are like the I think he gives the example of like the the prostitute. And if they have a conversion, well then praise be to God. But the second son, he said, it symbolizes the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the Jews who are had the word of God on their lips who had been preaching the word of God, had been saying the prayers, had been uttering the, praying the prayers, praying the Torah, all the uh, the Pentateuch, reading it. Yet, whenever the Son of God comes and appears to them, they reject him and they have called for saying, hey, I'm going to accept the Messiah when he comes. But yet when the Messiah actually comes, they reject him. So our Lord here is saying, be like the first son and not the second. He also says it is in religious life, if a lay person imitates the religious life and the religious do not, then the lay person is like the first son and the religious are like the second. All right. Praise be to God. It's time to go to break and play our game Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show where prizes are at stake. And we're going to reveal to you the big reveal of our prize sponsor this week coming up after this break. But we do need a caller to play the game. So now is your chance. Phone lines are open. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. Fear and Trembling is coming up next. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation 
by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share with anybody what I'm about to share with you. you got to keep it just between us. But there are a few things we like to do <laughs> during the, uh, the game show segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn things that you did not know before about your Catholic faith. Praise be to God. Number two, we like to have a great time, and our callers tend to be really good sports. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here and you are trying desperately to figure out what in the world is he talking about, well, this is a, a trivia game show. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but here is the kicker. I do not ask the caller the questions. They don't have to know a single correct answer. They could still win. And the reason is because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. And now it is time for the big reveal. Rudy, who and what could they win? May I have a drum roll, please? Do we have drum rolls? We have. This week's sponsor, generous sponsor, is Chris Lewis, the illustrator behind Baritas Catholic Illustration. Wow. A convert to the Catholic faith with a professional background in graphic design and love for illustration, his project came to fruition through a parallel journey in discovering the truth of Christianity through Catholicism. He is generally sponsored this week's game show with some beautifully illustrated prayer cards. Wow. Praise be yes. to God. That's going to be awesome. Is, will this be in time for Christmas? I believe so. How wonderful. Well, I believe so. God is so very good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go. <laughs> the stream deck is freaking out over here. I think it's, we may need to get an exorcist in here to, to take care of this. Let's go to the phones. Cindy and Jeff, good morning to you. Morning. Good morning. Praise be to God, Cindy and Jeff. Where are you calling from? Uh, Ocala, Florida. We're oh. actually uh, driving our daughter back oh. home from college. Wow. Praise be to God. Ocala, Florida is on the board. That's exciting. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you for calling in today. I'm laughing because uh, poor Adrian is just wrestling with our equipment over there. <laughs> Nothing seems to be working out. So you're going to hear... You're going to hear random sounds. <laughs> we may or may not have any sound effects today. <laughs> Are you able to put me back on camera there, Adrian? Uh, I'm not even sure. But all right, Cindy and Jeff, we're glad you're calling in. And uh, we're going to be praying for your, your daughter, you said, going to college. Ooh, yikes. That's uh, stressful, I guess. Uh, not so much. Well, good. Praise we're, uh, be to we're Jesus. Gonna, we're bringing her home for break, and then, uh, we're, yeah. Yeah, we're actually good. bringing her home for break, and then, uh, and then she'll be back in... in uh, Back in January. Well, hopefully you'll get your garage clean while she's home then. You know, you might as well make <laughs> most use you possibly can of the time, I'd say. I tease, I tease. All right. I, I, Cindy and Jeff, are you familiar with the rules? Do you know how the game works? Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. We're going to start with Rudy, as is our custom. Rudy, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm so ready. 
Are you sure? Do you hear that angelic music? It means I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) The equipment is just not working at the moment. All right, Rudy, can, can you tell me how long did the longest election of a pope last? Hmm, the longest interregnum, interregnum being the period between two pontificates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with three years. Three years. Sounds seems, right. Seems like a long time. Sounds like a good number. A three, it takes three years to elect a pope? Yeah, they were waiting to get the proper hay to make the white smoke. They just oh, didn't have it in stock. I see. Supply shortages. Ah, is that okay. actually what happened? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just get a second opinion here. Adrian, can you tell me how long did the longest election uh, last to elect a pope? The longest election yeah. to elect a pope. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with three years. Sounds like a long time. I'm gonna go with like. Three months. Three months. Yeah, three months. That sounds about right. What's wrong with you people? Like, it takes more than like a half a day to get this done? <laughs> Has it ever been half a day? Like, do we have nothing better to do? All right, I tease, I tease. Okay, so here's the deal, Cindy and Jeff. This is a tricky question, but uh, Adrian seems to think it took three months, whereas Rudy says three years is the longest it took to elect a pope. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? Seems like a solid answer. Uh, survey says, hey, it worked this time. Praise be the guy. Duh. I'm afraid to touch the buttons. Don't I, touch the buttons. It may mess everything up. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, praise be to God. You are correct. Three years to elect a pope. Can you imagine? Like, uh, what sort of shenanigans went down in There's three no years? There's no way I would have guessed three years. <laughs> I would not have guessed three years. Like, how many votes did they actually have to go three years? That would be so mind-numbing. But uh, you are in the cup. Congratulations. You may win. Praise be to God. Let's see if we can't double your chances with this next question. We're going to go to Adrian now. Adrian, can you tell me? Maybe. What? Well, we have no music No, now. we don't. Okay. What Catholic fraternal... <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. What? Why are you it's laughing? Nothing. Nothing. This is super easy. What? Ca- they? What Catholic fraternal organization was founded in 1882 by Father Michael McGivney? Hmm. Father Michael McGivney. That would hmm. be the Militia Immaculata. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. In 1882. 1882. The Militia Immaculata. Immaculata. Mm. Okay. Soon to be Saint McGivney. Uh, let's just go with uh, Rudy here and see what he has to say. Rudy, can you tell me what Catholic fraternal organization was founded in 1882 by Father Michael McGivney? You ever heard the famous jingle, in 1882, the Knights of Columbus came into? <laughs> you ever heard that one? No, no. I'm sorry. I have never heard that one. Brilliant. I'm say the Absolutely Knights brilliant. of Columbus. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let's compose ourselves. Let's be professionals today. I'm okay. a professional. Uh, so your answer then is Knights of Columbus. Yep. Uh, all right. So here is the deal, Cindy and Jeff. Rudy says Knights of Columbus, whereas Adrian says Militia Immaculata, 1882, founded by Father Michael McGivney. Who is right? Who is wrong? Cindy and Jeff, what say you? That would be Rudy. That would be Rudy with Knights of Columbus. Survey says <laughs> We're, we all don't know if the buttons are gonna work. Duh! 
Duh, of course. Praise be God. 1882, the Knights of... Did you just make that up, Rudy? Yeah, I made it up. Just it now. was an inspiration of the Holy Ghost. I guess. That was like super, uh, super savvy on the fly there. Uh, <laughs> that was a pretty easy question, right, Cindy? Yeah, we had that one. Yeah. Days of Toledo. <laughs> all right you're in for two and i golly gee whiz who picks the questions today because it's you're in luck it's all easy question uh tuesday apparently i don't know this question got it was kind of tricky yesterday well it's not going to be so tricky today right we're going to make this less tricky all right so here's the deal uh we have this third question i think is very straightforward we're going to go back to rudy rudy can you tell me who were, it's messing me up that this music isn't working. Who were the first bishops of the church? Okay, the first bishops of the church were two. It was Saints Peter and John. Saints Peter, Saint Peter was given the keys. Uh-huh. And because Saint John was there at the crucifixion, he was given the authority to be a bishop. So Peter and John is your answer. That's my answer. Final answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seal the envelope. Uh, let's just see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me who no. were the first bishops of the church? Who were the first? Bi- you know, I think it's a little bit more than two. I'm going to go with the apostles. All the apostles were the uh, first bishops all of, the of the apostles. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, this is, I guess you guys have made it tricky, haven't you? Ah. Mm. Ah. Mm. Ah. All right. So here is the deal, Cindy and Jeff. All right. Here's the deal. Uh, Adrian says it's the Apostles, whereas Rudy says it's Peter and John. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Cindy and Jeff, what say you? We're going with all the Apostles. All of the Apostles. Survey says... Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Total mal- malfunction of all the parts of the game show. But you did well. Praise be to God, Cindy and Jeff. Congratulations. You're in for three. Thank you for playing our game today. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, if nobody Thanks tells you, in. I'm going to say it. Merry Christmas. And, uh, whoa, but enjoy whoa. your Advent while it still lasts. But I may not talk to you. So until then, we're going to put you on hold. We're grateful you called in today. Have a great time with your daughter. And praise be to God for, uh, for being a part of our show. Thank you. All right. Praise be to God. All right. All malfunctions aside, it was great to hang out with you. Hang out in the after show. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. At Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel, today we celebrate the Memorial of St. John of the Cross. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive 
Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to you, O Israel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty oh, God, God and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what, what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Christelison, Christelison, Let us pray. O God, who gave the priest St. John an outstanding dedication to perfect self-denial and a love of the cross, Grant that, by imitating him closely at all times, we may come to contemplate eternally your glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Zephaniah. Thus says the Lord, Woe to the city, rebellious and polluted, to the tyrannical city. She hears no voice, accepts no correction. And the Lord she has not trusted. To her God she has not drawn near. For then I will change and purify the lips of the peoples, that they all may call upon the name of the Lord, to serve him with one accord. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, and as far as the recesses of the north, they shall bring me offerings. On that day, you need not be ashamed of all your deeds, your rebellious actions against me. For then will I remove from your midst the proud braggarts, and you shall no longer exalt yourself on my holy mountain. But I will leave as a remnant in your midst a people humble and lowly, who shall take refuge in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel. They shall do no wrong and speak no lies, nor shall, they, nor shall there be found in their mouths a deceitful tongue. They shall pasture and couch their flocks with none to disturb them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. The Lord, the Lord hears the cry of the poor. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy and your faces may not blush with shame. When the poor one called out, the Lord heard, and from all his distress he saved him. The Lord, the Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord confronts the evildoers to destroy remembrance of them from the earth. When the just cry out, the Lord hears them, and from all their distress he rescues them. The Lord, the Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and those who are crushed in spirit, he saves. The Lord redeems the lives of his servants. No one incurs guilt who takes refuge in him. The Lord, the Lord hears the cry of the poor. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. Come, O Lord, do not delay. Forgive the sins of your people. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son said in reply, I will not. But afterwards he changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you do not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel reading, particularly in these last two days, this third week of Advent, have really focused on Jesus pointing out the important mission of John the Baptist, the pre his precursor, the one who is pointing out the way, who's making a straight path, and is making this straight path towards Christmas, towards the celebration of the incarnation of Christ, uh, that, it, that it's leading us. And in order for that path to become straight, there are mountains that have to be leveled and valleys that have to be filled in. I think in particular in the Gospel today, I think it speaks really about lowering those mountains. The mountains, of course, would be an obstacle uh, to to making that straight that straight way. Another way of looking at it is it is often our pride or pride that gets in the way that is this mountain and almost seemingly unsurpassable un, un, to get over in order to uh, to get to the other side. 
but we had, that has to be leveled. And I think it was it was St. Bernard who said that the three important uh, things in the spiritual life are humility, humility, and humility. So if you get the first two, then you probably got the third as well. Humility, how important that is. In the Gospel, Jesus presents the parable of two sons. The one, he goes and says, uh, go and work in the vineyard. I won't, but changes his mind. And of course, the other one who says, yes, sir, who's the yes person, a yes man and a yes woman, uh, but, that, but actually does not complete it. Which one does the Father's will? Well, of course, the first. And that's why Jesus points out that it is it was tax collectors and prostitutes who had come to John the Baptist in this baptism of repentance and began to change their ways. Uh, and in fact, indeed, the Pharisees had also come to John the Baptist, and he had very stinging words for them. He says, you brood of vipers, who told you to escape from the coming retribution? <laughs> and so because they were not changing their ways, they were simply coming to question what John the Baptist was doing. And as Jesus says, you saw even all of these people changing with their change of heart, but it did not change your heart. They did not recognize what John the Baptist was doing. He was preparing a people for the Lord. I think it's kind of fascinating that Jesus points out in particular uh, tax collectors and prostitutes because Jesus had among his followers a tax collector, St. Matthew, and a prostitute, St. Mary Magdalene, who would come to follow him. But they didn't recognize it, even in those two who had come to follow Jesus, come to follow this new way, that something beautiful and amazing was happening. I think for us the, the important message of this gospel is we should be careful that we don't sort of have, I've got it all figured out, and I'm a follower of Jesus, and I have nothing that needs to change. Well, if, if that, we say that, and we think that in our mind, we're in deep trouble. <laughs> we all have something to change. In fact, I think uh, one, of the things, one of the things we could think about is, in the spirit of John the Baptist, he points out in our life at least one thing that we need to change in our life. We de and we need to go this metanoia, this change of heart, not just a change of behavior, but a change of heart and mind in our life in order to conform our life more deeply to Jesus Christ. There is one thing really that the Holy Spirit points out to us, I think in this holy season of Advent, that we need to change. And if we're responsive to that, however however hurt, uh, hurtful it might be to change that, or whatever we, ha under, we have to undergo in order to change that, uh, if, if we work, if we allow the Spirit to purify us and we work actively to assist the Spirit in that work, then we can undergo this beautiful change and we're open to, open to Jesus and become a more profound follower. The last thing we want to do is say, well, I have nothing to change. I'm fine. Everybody else around me needs to change. It reminds me of the, the person who's, uh, the, the wife was on the tele, she was watching the television and everybody, the, they were showing this person who was driving on the wrong side of the freeway. And she calls her husband and she says, you know, you better look out. There's this crazy man driving on the wrong side of the freeway. And, he, and her husband's response is, yes, I know. Everybody's is in my way. And it's actually her husband who is the crazy one driving on the wrong side of the freeway. Um, so that if we, if we probably have something, we need something that we have to change to undergo this metanoia, this change of heart and mind in our life. What is it that the Lord needs us to change? I think St. John, John of the Cross, whom we celebrate today, had a wonderful way of looking at the spiritual life, truly a lover of the cross and the cross, that we go through in periods of our spiritual life and our following of Jesus through 
dark nights where faith is really the light that guides us. We don't maybe, in the, in the dark night of the senses, that first stage he has that we, of, that we go through, is when the consolations, the sort of felt consolations of God diminish or are taken away so that we don't rely on those things, but we rely on God. Or as one person, as one, as someone once said, he says, we want the, the God of all consolations and not the consolations of God. So if we pass through that first door, and then there's another door, if we progress in our spiritual life through the dark night of the Spirit. And that is when our ideas, our images of God that we have in our imagination and in our mind, have to be purified because God is greater than those images, than those, those, those um, ways that we try to understand God. And so now our mind has to be purified through this very dark night of the Spirit. And it's then where God is really refining us and making us a more perfect disciple of the Lord. You know, may we be open to the work of the Spirit in our life, to go through this metanoia, to have a true change of mind and heart, to truly follow the Lord uh, during this Advent season and prepare for him a new and beautiful home in our spirit for his coming at Christmas. Amen. Let's stand down and offer our prayers and petitions. Let us pray that Christ may fill the Pope, our Bishop, and the whole order of bishops with spiritual gifts and graces. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray that Christ may guide the minds of those who govern us to promote the common good according to his will. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray that Christ in his mercy may free all who suffer persecution. We pray, too, for all sinners, sinners in the universal church, that through the powerful touch of God's mercy and his grace may come to follow him more deeply in their lives. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray that as witnesses to Christ's love before all, we may abide in the truth. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for uh, the intentions we hold in our hearts. We pray for the intentions in the, in the family and friends and benefactors of all who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio. We pray, too, finally for all the holy souls in purgatory and all who have died. May they rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Almighty, ever-living God, who brings salvation to all and desire that no one should perish, hear the prayers of your people and grant that the course of our world may be directed by your peaceful rule and your church rejoice in tranquility and devotion through Christ our Lord. Amen. Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins, release us let us find our rest in thee israel's strength and consolation hope of all the earth thou art dear desire of every nation joy of every longing heart Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever. 
now thy gracious kingdom bring. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Look upon the sacrificial gifts we offer, Almighty God, in commemoration of St. John of the Cross, and grant that we who celebrate the mysteries of the Lord's Passion may imitate what we now enact through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh, and so fulfilled the design you formed long ago, and opened for us the way to eternal salvation. That when he comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest, we who watched for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Santus, Santus, Santus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni sunt celia terra, Gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith 
Save us, Savior of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer to the sign of peace. On you's day, qui tolis becat amudi, miserere nobis. On you's day, qui tolis becat amudi, miserere nobis. On you's day, Qui tolis becat amundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy you should enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, 
Take up his cross and follow me, says the Lord. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Creator of the stars of night, thy people's everlasting light. Jesus, Redeemer, save us all, and hear thy servants when they call. Thou grieving that the ancient curse should doom to death the universe hast found the healing full of grace to cure and save our ruined race. Thou camest the bridegroom of the bride as through the world to eventide, the spotless victim all divine, proceeding from a virgin shrine. At whose dread name majestic now, All knees must bend, all hearts must bow, All things celestial thee shall own, And things terrestrial, Lord, alone. Let us pray. O God, who in St. John have wonderfully made known the mystery of the cross, graciously grant that, drawing strength from this sacrifice, we may cling faithfully to Christ and labor in the church for the salvation of all, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May the almighty and merciful God, by whose grace you have placed your faith in the first coming of his only begotten Son, and yearn for his coming again, sanctify you by the radiance of Christ's advent and enrich you with his blessing. Amen. As you run the race of this present life, may he make you firm in faith, joyful in hope, and active in charity. Amen. So that rejoicing now with devotion at the Redeemer's coming in the flesh, you may be endowed with the rich reward of eternal life when he comes again in majesty. Amen. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita tu tedo, Espes nostra salve, A te clamamus, Exules filii heve, A te suspiramus, Gementes and Flentes. The Prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. 
be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Is a